Welcome to the Village Church Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and taking the time to listen. We've prayed that this podcast channel blesses and encourages the Village family. So lean in with an open heart, eager to grow, and enjoy the episode. Okay, so we're, uh, we're in a series looking, uh, we call it Christ Complete, audaciously Christ Complete. We're trying to get a big picture of Jesus, and we're using the I Am statements of Jesus out of the Gospel of John to do that. Jesus says a number of things about himself, and uh, this is week number four, and we're, the, the next I Am statement is in the passage in John chapter 10, and I will be reading from verse... 11. John chapter 10, verse 11 says this I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand. And cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, so they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he is a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand, and I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones against him, uh, picked up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Father, we thank you for your word to us. We see the words of Jesus in red, and we see the words of the Holy Spirit in black, and we receive it all this morning as your word to us. Open our hearts to receive all that's here, and uh, open our eyes to maybe see new things that uh, we don't currently see, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this is the, the fourth of Jesus' very confrontational statements uh, where he says, I am the something. We've had, I am the bread of life. Uh, we've had, I am the light of the world. We've had, I am the, the door or the gate of the sheep. And here, uh, a very famous one, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. 
Uh, and these are familiar statements. If you've been in church for a long time, they're familiar statements. You think, oh, yeah, and Jesus is the good shepherd. I know that one. And we hear it, and, and, and the danger is that we become a little bit over-familiar with the image, and we, we think we know what that means. And you hear a thing often enough, and you can become inoculated to, this, like, to the confrontational nature of it. So it becomes familiar, and, you, and it doesn't slap you in the face like it slapped the original hearers in the face. But this is a very confrontational statement. Um, they all are. All of the I am statements are confrontational because perhaps the most important, um, the important word in that little phrase up there is the word the. I am not a good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. That's the thing that makes it confrontational. When someone says to you, I am the something, it's like they're, it's a, it's a big statement. If you if you're going down to Rotatuna and you look you go into that mechanic down there by the BP and you say, I'm looking for a good mechanic. And he says to you, mate, I am the good mechanic. You know? You you you're forced to kind of you he puts you on the spot, doesn't it? That statement puts you on the spot. He's made a claim and now you're you, you don't get to go, that's nice. You get to go, yes, take my card, fix it. Or you get to go, no, I, d- I don't think you are the mechanic. I'm going to go and find another mechanic. When someone says, I am the something, they're claiming supremacy. They're saying, you can stop looking. You've, you know, you've landed at the, you've landed at the ultimate here. Anyone else is a distant second. Okay. Anyone else is, anyone else is a mechanic. I am the mechanic. And Jesus says, there's a lot, there's many shepherds, but I am the. Good shepherd. You can't say, that's nice. You can't hear Jesus say this today and say, that's nice, Jesus. I, you, you, you probably are an, a good shepherd. No, he's looking you in the eye this morning and saying, I am the good shepherd. And you are put on notice today to respond to that. What, what, okay, well, do I receive this? Do I believe this or not? Um, you don't, you don't get to smile and nod and say, that's nice. So I am the good shepherd. It's a very confrontational statement. Um, it's a big, a big idea in Scripture, the idea of a shepherd. I'm going to read another passage for you, uh, which is a passage about a shepherd. When we did this in Arawahi, I had it read in Te Reo to see if anyone recognized the passage, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to speak, I'm going to read it in another language, the King James Version. It's a totally different language. But this, this, this passage is so embedded in, um, it's, it's so famous in the Scriptures that it's almost like the King James version of it is sitting, is sort of sitting in the atmosphere of any Western culture. The King James English of Psalm 23 is very familiar, and I'm going to read it for you. It's another passage in the Bible about a good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Actually, I've got it there. Yeah, oh, you can see, you can follow along. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, that's in my little daily prayer book. And uh, I heard this saying recently, when you, when you don't know what to pray, at least say your prayers. Okay, when you, when you don't know how to pray, when you're not, not sure what to pray, at least say your prayers. 
And I've got a little prayer book which is helping me have a catalogue of, of my prayers. And this is one of them. This is what, I don't say it every day, but most days, this prayer is my, it's an it's a, it's a everyday kind of prayer. Very familiar words, but it's just saturated with rich meaning. It's, it's such a rich passage that many people find nothing, nothing better in all of Scripture to have read at their funerals than this passage. And there's many people who aren't even believers, who when they're looking for some kind of words to have, kind of as they're being laid to rest, what do I want read at my, my funeral? What poetry out of history can I grab a hold of? What, what kind of cool statements can I have at my funeral? Even people who don't know the God that they're talking about find something deeply powerful in this image of a good shepherd who is going to take my hand and lead me through the dark valley. Okay, there's something profoundly important about this idea of a shepherd there's something deeply gripping of the heart about and a sense of comfort and leading found in this idea of a shepherd we all need the presence of the shepherd everyone knows this we all we all make um we sort of puff our chests out and think we're masters of our own destiny but in our quietest moments we all know we need a shepherd we all know we need someone to take us by the hand and lead us and jesus says I am the good shepherd your soul quietly longs for. I, I am the shepherd that Psalm 23 is talking all about. It lands on me. So we're thinking about this incredible confrontational claim. The shepherd, you must reckon with him. You cannot dismiss him this morning. He's either the good shepherd or he's insane. All right? First... Uh, I want to think, and I don't want to labour this because um, many of you, I can see, are Bible scholars. I can just see it in the atmosphere. There's a lot of knowledge here. So when we when we think of shepherding in New Zealand, we we have a look, we have an image a bit like this next one. Um, you might think like this. Does anyone know where that is? Yeah, South Island. We can get more specific. There's some big clues there. Anyone know where that is? Anyone is anyone like a man who can stand up and say, I know where that is? Yes. It's north of Queenstown. It's about three hours drive north of Queenstown. Anyone else out there can do better? There's a, there's a jolly big hill in the background that should give you... That's Mount, Aoraki Mount Cook is the big one. And this is that very beautiful road if you've ever driven it. It's like one of the most beautiful roads in New Zealand up towards Mount, Mount Cook there, yeah. And... Um, I just think it's a stunner. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Oh, by the way, it's got a watermark on it because I ripped it off the web. Uh, it's, but it's okay. It's okay. It's a promotion for the photographer. His name is, I don't know if he's alive or dead, but he's a very famous New Zealand photographer for high country photos. His name is Andres Apps. A-P-S-E, Andres maybe. Andres Apps. Very famous photographer, beautiful high country photos. That's what we think of in New Zealand. We, we think of a guy who uh, is is looking after a big mob of sheep. There's no predators in New Zealand. They're going to get maybe a nasty kia every now and then, but no predators. Uh, there's a lot of grass around. You, you, you keep the sheep managed with fences. Uh, you chase them from behind. You yell at the sheep. They don't have names. They're all called Fluffy. Get up there, Fluffy! You know, and, and, and that's, that's our image of shepherding. But you're all Bible scholars, and you know that's not what Jesus was talking about when he talked about shepherding. He's just talking a bit more like this, the next photo. That's a bit more like what he was talking about. An ancient Near Eastern shepherd. There's no fences. There's not a lot of grass. There are wolves. There are things out there to attack the sheep. And he leads them by walking in front of them. 
and he knows their names. They all have names, and he can he can he can call them, and they all recognise his voice and they follow. So that's who who knew that about shepherding in the Bible? You kind of no, there's more. But yeah, there's good. That's good. You you kind of knew this when Jesus talks about I am the good shepherd. I call them by name. You know, they hear my voice, they follow me. That's because in that culture, that's that's the image that's there. So if you if you heard Jesus say this morning, I am the good shepherd, you know, my sheep follow me, and you had that kind of image, half marks. You, 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 you know half of what he meant by the good shepherd. But there's another aspect to it, which we, we need to think a little bit more than just the ancient context. We need to think like, like stand back with our big Bible lens on and think the whole of Scripture. What, what else was wrapped up in this image of the good shepherd? And I would put it to you that I am the good shepherd is code language for I am the true king of Israel. Okay? And I'll put that on the next slide. And I think it's there. I am the good shepherd is code language for I am the true king of Israel. And when you understand that, you, you get an A+. Plus. You get a... I don't know what A+, plus means, eh? You get achieved. It's so lame. You get achieved. It's with excellence. Okay? Half marks for, for, for thinking of a shepherd, but full marks for recognizing I am the good shepherd is a claim to being the king. And I'm going to show you why that is. You need to think of it a bit more widely in the Bible. Um, you need to think about who Israel's first, the very first great leader of Israel, the very first great leader of Israel, who would you say that was? Sorry? Nah, I'm thinking earlier than I'm thinking earlier. Moses. Moses. I'm thinking he was the guy who, who, and what did he do for a living? What was his day job? He spent 40 years looking after sheep in the wilderness. He was a shepherd leader and he led a big flock, right? God took him out of Egypt, sent him off into the wilderness to look after sheep because he had a big task for him. He was going to be a shepherd of God's flock. Okay, Moses was Israel's first great leader, a prophet leader. And he was 40 years leading Israel as their shepherd. And Deuteronomy 8, is the, Moses is coming down to the end of his life. And he's laying out some, some exhortations for the people of Israel. And he makes this comment, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from among you. Okay, so Moses is saying... One day, I'm, I've been a leader, but I'm passing away. There's coming a day when there's going to be another, another prophet like me from among you. And in Acts chapter 3, the apostles grab a hold of that verse and they slap it, slap it on Jesus. Moses was talking about Jesus. All right? Moses is, in the, is, a, is a dim reflection of Jesus. Who was Israel's great king? We already had the name here. David, right? David was Israel's, what was his day job? He was, a, he was a shepherd boy. You remember that? He didn't look like a king to start with. He looked like the shepherd boy and all the other brothers looked like potential, king potential. And Samuel looks at all the older brothers of David and he's like, it must be this guy. No, it must be the next guy. It must be, goes through the whole list. Um, sorry, God says none of these brothers are the king. Is there any other brothers in the family? Oh yeah, there's David, but he's a shepherd. He's out there with the sheep. Bring him in. And God says, this is the man. And Saul anoints him, uh, Samuel anoints him as king. He was Israel's greatest king, the shepherd king of Israel. Okay, so you've got Moses, the shepherd leader, the shepherd prophet. You've got David, the shepherd king. And he has said of, of his life, there's going to be a descendant of David on the throne of Israel forever. 
okay? Are you starting to see what I am the good shepherd means? Are you starting to see it? It is a claim to kingship. Psalm 95, Psalm 100, I think we heard, actually we heard Psalm 95 this morning, did we? Or Psalm 100, was it read? They're very similar. You hear it often if you're here at church at the start. Uh, we will read a passage of scripture. This one's read often. Oh, come, come everyone, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. We are the sheep of his hand. That was an ancient song of Israel. They understood we're God's flock. We are God's flock. Put all this together. You've got I am the good shepherd is very strong code language for I am the long-awaited, true, supreme shepherd of Israel. You can stop the search. It lands on me. Okay? I am the anointed one. I'm the chosen one. I'm the leader of God's chosen flock. I'm the shepherd of God's people. There's been other leaders before me, but they've been hired hands. They've run when they've abused the sheep. They've eaten sheep. They've used sheep for dinner. Um, They haven't protected the sheep. They've run when the wolf has come, but I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. I'm the true king of Israel, the servant king who lays my life down for the flock. Can you see that? Have I made my point triply clear? It's really important to see that, okay? It's really important to see this is a claim to kingship. And this is where a paper Bible comes in handy. So... Kids, don't ever feel scared about grabbing a pen and circling things in your Bible. Actually, there's an app idea for someone. All the Bible apps, you can you can put notes on a verse, eh? But you can't, like, scribble over it and circle it and draw pictures. Can you do that? I don't know any Bible. Are there? Josh, Ben, oh, okay, forget it. Yeah, paper. Mark Mark likes paper. I like paper. And one of the things you, you could do when you see this is to go, I am the good shepherd, and draw a little crown beside that verse to remind you, whenever you come to that, I'm not just reading about Jesus, the guy with the sheep on his shoulders with long flowing hair in the pictures. Oh, the good shepherd, I know what that's about. You think king. He's, he's claiming to be the king. He's claiming to be Israel's king. All right? This explains why... Um, why the, the people around Jesus respond like they did. He's insane. He's got a demon. <laughs> That's a weird thing if he's just claiming to be a, a nice shepherd. But they, they, I think they heard what Jesus was saying here. He's claiming kingship. He's claiming to be the focus point of all that Old Testament hope. He's claiming it. He must be insane. He must be filled with a demon. Um, and there's other people who say, no, yeah, like demons can't do the stuff that he did. That's also why a bit later on, people say, uh, I read it in the passage, did you hear it? They said, don't, look, don't keep us in suspense any longer. Say it plainly. Are you the Messiah? They're, they're saying, we're hearing Jesus talk about the shepherd thing. It sounds a lot like he's claiming to be king. It's not saying it directly. Would you say it plainly? Would you say it plainly? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? If you are, tell us plainly. This is code language for Jesus, the king of Israel. King of Israel. Now, what do we care? Who cares? I, I'm not in it. Um, okay, so Jesus is Israel's king. Who cares? Is, this, is there anything in this passage for us? This is detached from me. Yes, there is, because Jesus subtly attaches something else in his little dialogue, which I think would maybe have been it was missed at the time. 
I, I, John recorded it, but there's not some big blow up about it at the moment, but it's a very profound statement. And it, and it means that this, this claim to being Israel's king is bigger than it looks. Jesus says this in verse 15 and 16. Can we have the next slide on the screen? He says this, by the way, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I'm Israel's king, but I've got other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. One flock and one shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd, but it turns out his flock is bigger than Israel. His flock is bigger than the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have other sheep not of this fold means not just I'm the king of Israel, I'm the world's true king. Okay, I am the world's true king. I think I have that on the next slide. Oh yeah, I said it like that. I am the king of it all. That's what that bit means. And I don't think they grabbed that at the time. I think they just were still reeling from the I am the good shepherd bit and trying to cope with that. But there's this this much bigger thing being said here. Jesus is the world's king. He's the king of Horsham Downs. Okay? It doesn't sound very big, but I mean, it's like he's bigger than Israel. <laughs> and Horsham Downs, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and everything around it. I am the great kingly shepherd of a flock that spans across ethnic boundaries and across time. That's who, that's who Jesus claimed to be in this passage. That's what it means to be the good shepherd. I don't think they heard him. I think they're still busy processing good shepherd. But if they did, it would have been another slap in the face, another shock, another shocking thing for an Israelite at that time to hear. A shocking thing to hear. I'm the world's true king. The flock is bigger than Israel. Israel had put a lot of stock in being God's very special people. They'd put a lot of stock in that. And they were God's special people, but they weren't special for no reason. They were they were set apart for a special purpose, to be pre, a priestly nation to the nations of the world. When God handpicked um, Abraham and said, I'm going to make your descendants a blessing to the nations, he was looking through Abraham to the world which he wanted to bless. The, all of the nations. He didn't single Israel out to be his precious nation to pour all his blessing on there and none of it overflows anywhere else. He's calling them out to be a stand-in-the-gap nation because he has his eye on every nation. Okay, It's really important to understand. Israel, though, had acted as they were the chosen ones to become, they were chosen to be isolated in their own little thing, okay? Um, do, you, do you remember Jesus' most angry moment? His most angry moment was when he, he went into the temple, and there's this area in the temple called the court of the Gentiles, the, the court of the nations who aren't Israel, and he walks in there, and this thing, there's no room for the Gentiles in there. It's become a stock market. It's become a market for changing money. It's become a place to get sheep for your sacrifices for the Israelites. And all the Gentiles are pushed out, and it's just, it's this place that's become Israel-centric. It's about us, this whole temple, and God is ours, and he's ours alone, and we've got him, and this is about us. That was That thing made Jesus more angry than anything else in the Gospels, because he, he walked in there, and he, he took it all in, and he sat down. He took the time to, to weave a whip. He didn't, he didn't fly off the handle. Jesus did not fly off the handle in a rage. He sat down and thought about what he was going to do, weaving a whip. This is bad. What's happening here is really bad while he weaves his whip. 
And then he chases, he flicks the trading tables over. He he chases the, all the money changers out of the place. And he says this, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. You've made it a den of robbers. You've, do you remember back in our passage in John 10? talks about... I'm the good shepherd, and there's, there's thieves and there's robbers. They climb in at the back door, and they're all about just using the sheep. That's what, that's what this whole temple system has become. It's become a place of thieves and robbers. There's no shepherds here. That's what Jesus says in that moment. It's a den of robbers. And this is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. You've made it a den of robbers. So it's subtle. But while Jesus is shocking them all by his confession that he's long, Israel's long-promised king who will save them and lead them out of exile into their glorious future, while well, they're sort of coping with that, he's also teaching, touching a grave misunderstanding they have. He says, I have other sheep not of Israel, not of this fold. My sheep are not those with the correct ethnicity. My sheep are those who hear my voice. Those who hear my voice, who recognize my voice, regardless of what sheepfold they're in. They might be in the Horsham Down sheepfold. They hear my voice. They're my sheep. I'm their shepherd. If the, it doesn't matter where they are, what ethnicity they are. That's what, and this is really important. There are people in a Jewish sheepfold, when they hear the voice of the shepherd, it means they're his sheep. There are people in a Gentile sheepfold, sheepfold like us. When we hear the shepherd, we're his sheep. There are people in the Jewish sheepfold who don't listen to his voice. They're not his sheep. Okay? You do not believe or follow me because you are not part of my flock, is what Jesus says to some ethnic Jews standing right there. You're not in my flock. Well, we have the right DNA. You don't hear my voice. My flock is made up of those who hear my voice. Now, um, one shepherd, one flock. This is risky territory, a little bit, because we, we can still get we can still get a little bit warped, I believe, on on where Israel sits in the purposes of God. My caution is hear this. Ephesians two is another key passage. Jesus is the good shepherd. There's one flock. There's one shepherd. We um we confess. Uh, if we if we say the Apostles' Creed, we don't really do it. We don't say it. We on our website, I think it says, "What kind of church are we?" And we say we like we kind of like an Ap- Apostles' Creed type church. You know, we kind of stick to the big rocks. And in there, um, although we don't quote it here, we, it, it says we we believe in one holy Catholic Apostolic Church, or and we believe in the communion of the saints. Actually, the, the Apostles' Creed doesn't say holy Catholic Apostolic Church. It says we believe in the holy. We believe in the the Holy Catholic Church, and not talking about the one down the road in Hamilton there. The Catholic means um, universal, widespread, one widespread church, then the communion of saints, the communion of the saints down through history. Jesus is the shepherd, and there's one flock. There's not Jesus is a shepherd of one flock plus another special group. It's one flock, one shepherd. Um. And, and this is a bit divisive, isn't it? Um, the division rose among them, and, that, and this dividing line runs down through the history from the day Jesus said this. The dividing line is, the dividing lies, line is Jesus' sheep and not Jesus' sheep. And you, you fall on that ledger somewhere. Jesus, is, Jesus cannot be 
dismissed with a that's a nice, that's a nice thought, Jesus. You're either his sheep or you're not his sheep. That's the dividing line running down through human history. Do you recognize the good shepherd? It's a polarizing statement and you can't escape it. He throws down the gauntlet to every heart, not just the ones on the page here, every heart. I am the good shepherd. I'm the king of it all. Will you follow me? Do you know my voice? Will you follow me? Will you recognize my kingly authority and surrender your little kingdom to mine? Sounds kind of scary, but this he's not the great dictator. He's the good shepherd. We're surrendering our little tin pot domain, our little kingdom that we think was so important. When we, when we recognize the true king and we surrender our kingdom to his, it, it's not, we're, we're not surrendering our little kingdom to a dictator who's going to crush us. We're surrendering our little kingdom to the good shepherd. The good shepherd. What does it look like when I give my life to the good shepherd? When I, when I recognize his kingly authority in my life, well, he's going to lead me beside still waters. He's going to lead you in paths of righteousness. He's going to restore your soul. He's going to dissolve your fears. And he's going to keep you in peace, even in the valley of the shadow of death. He's going to give you a banquet of joy, though there are enemies on every side. He will anoint you with oil. You'll turn around to see what's creeping up behind you, only to find that it's more of his goodness and his mercy. And you'll look ahead, and as far as the eye can see, it's Christ all the way. That's, that's what this good shepherd lays upon you. It's Christ with you. It's Christ before you. It's Christ behind you. It's Christ in you. It's Christ beneath you. Christ above you. Christ on my right. Christ on my left. It's always and everywhere. Christ, the good shepherd. Father, we thank you for this uh, this wonderful word, this potent word, this powerful claim of our Lord, the Good Shepherd. We thank you that uh, uh, we have a maybe a little bit more of an understanding of what that means this morning, but we don't want to walk out of here with understanding, Lord. We want, to, we want to walk out of here feeling in our bones that you're our king and our shepherd. So this morning, Lord, I pray for every, every heart in this room wrestling with that dividing line. Are you my shepherd or not? I pray for every heart this morning to hear the call of the shepherd today. Lord, you're calling. Anyone who's not your sheep this morning is hearing a call right now. Lord, pour your grace and mercy upon us that everyone in this room would walk away saying, yes, <laughs> yes, you are the good shepherd. And yes, the Lord is my shepherd. Help us to walk in the light of this. Help us to walk with joy and to know Psalm 23 in our bones. In Jesus' name, amen.